0: 5,
1: 4, 3, 2, 1, 0, ignition, liftoff. Welcome to The Shiv Show, where we are all about people getting to know people. We are here to humanise the individual behind their brand and share their story with the world, with of course, a few laughs in the mix. Now, it's time for your host, Australia's most Canadian podcaster, and just like the knife, Shivran. Hey everybody,
0: thank you so much for joining another episode of The Shift Show where we're all about people getting to know people. In this episode, we're going to get to meet Yusuf Araha and I hope I said that last name correctly but I thoroughly enjoyed interviewing this guy so much. He's such an impressive young man. He talks about his story of how he went from being 50 kilos, so you know generally as a pretty skinny kid in high school to winning multiple bodybuilding competitions out here in Australia. You're going to hear about Yusuf's motivation, how he stays motivated, who keeps him motivated, some of his mentors, his meal plans, what his morning looks like. I'm trying to get as much information as I can out of him in 40 to 45 minutes. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Ladies, by the way, Yusuf is single. If you're interested, hit him up. (laughs) Anyway, hope you enjoy this episode. And without further ado, here is Yusuf Oraha. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Shiv Show. I'm very pleased to have one of my good friends here today, uh, Yusuf Araha. Hopefully, I said that correct, Yusuf. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Happy to have Yusuf here. Yusuf is a bodybuilder and has won a lot of competitions in the past. And this guy literally changes his body. And I wanted him on here to talk about his his story of fitness and how fitness really relates to his life and helps change his mind. So, Yusuf, welcome to the Shift Show, man.
1: Thanks, Shift. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Happy to have you. Yeah. Happy to have you. How are you feeling? Feeling great, man. Feeling great. It's been cool. a it's been a bit of a busy day. But um, you know, we get through it. It's a Friday night, so man, I gotta say thank you for
0: spending your Friday night with me. Guys, it's Friday night here. Yusuf and I are just finishing work and uh I kept him I kept him here in the office to um to get this going. So thank you very much, man. I really appreciate it.
1: That's no, all good. There's no better way to spend my Friday night than with you. Yeah,
0: yeah. Thank <laughs> you, man. I get that a lot. Nah. <laughs> Yusuf, <Yeah. laughs> why don't you tell everybody who you are?
1: Alright, sweet. So, my name is Yusuf. I um, I originally came from Iraq. I've spent most of my life in the western suburbs of Sydney. Um, went, to, went to school, went to high school, obviously like everyone else, always had a very um, keen passion for technology. I was always the skinniest kid in school as well, skinniest kid in the grade. So, after I finished high school, I got into uni, studied computer systems engineering. I was initially doing a double degree with Applied Physics, but um, after doing an internship at Cisco where I'm working now, I, uh, I pretty much decided that I wanted to get my degree over and done with as quick as possible so mm-hmm. I could get into the workforce. So I ended up dropping my Applied Physics degree and just continued with a Bachelor of Engineering. And, um, yeah, after, after school finished pretty much and I got into uni, it was, it was kind of about the time where I said, hey, I'm sick of being the skinniest kid in school, um, I want to start changing my life a bit. I was honestly at the time I was underweight for my age. I was always underweight for my age. When you say underweight, like I was, what sort of weight? Un- unhealthy underweight. So uh, I say skin and bone. Pretty much skin and bone. So if if to put into perspective, U uh, twelve, which is the, the final grade of high school before going into university or college, depending on where you are, I weighed about fifty kilograms and I was seventeen years old. Fifty kilos at seventeen years old. Yeah. Yep. And I I wasn't I wasn't much shorter than I am now. So I had just gone through possibly my last growth spurt and I was probably about 172-ish centimeters, Now I'm now I'm sitting at about 175. So I was almost at, you know, my tallest that I, that I ever was and I was only about 50 kilos. So 50 kilos at 17 years old. Yep. Isn't that unhealthy? So they straight. It was unhealthy. What, what, what it was like, were you doing? It was like what, what, sixteen or seventeen on a BMI scale. So, <laughs> okay. So, what were you doing? Were you not eating? Were you not exercising? Um, I actually, honestly, I thought I was eating a lot. I I used to be a very picky eater when I was a kid. I used to hate having home food. I think what happened is I used to have a sweet tooth, and very early on, I got addicted to fast food. Now, because we weren't allowed to have fast, I hear food, you on that one, man. Yeah. But here's the thing, right? We had very strict parents. So, because we wanted to have fast food all the time, um, I, I pretty much wouldn't eat. So, if I had to eat home food, I'd, I'd complain and I'd whinge and I'd, you know, play with my food and leave my plate and the only thing I'd eat was the fast food because it was the only thing that I liked the taste of. Yeah. And um, I was massive on soft drinks as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, we're going to get into your your fitness story pretty soon. I want to get a little yeah. bit deeper and I want to share some of mine as well. Um. So what are some of your hobbies? Like, If someone wants to ask, who
1: is Yusuf? What are you going to say? It's funny you ask that because over the last year, if I had to sit down and actually think about my hobbies, it's crazy how much they've changed. Um, I used to define myself as the person who used to play video games all day. Like that was me. I used to play computer games. I used to build computers. Um, and then occasionally I'd go to the gym. And that's, that, that, those were my main hobbies. As I grew up, I kind of got a bit more into cars. So now I like tinkering around with my own cars all the time. What kind of car um, do you have? I have an Audi TT Quattro. Of course you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so be- before that, the first car I started really tinkering around with a lot was my Lancer. Uh, I used to love doing, uh, you know, exterior modifications to it, uh, kind of change change the color of my rims or put a bit of body kits on it, um, black out some grills, you know, simple things like that that I could do at home. And now with my new Audi, I've kind of dived in a bit more to like engine modifications. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to do a lot more modifications under the hood and not muck around too much with the body of the car. Yeah, yeah. Like I did last time. um, Because <laughs> it was, I had a few rough experiences. Yeah. Especially, you know, try, trying to mold things onto the body of the car, drill them in and glue them on. My
0: gosh. Yeah, so
1: now I've got the headache. You live, of, you live and you learn, man. You yep. live and you learn. So now I've got the headache of trying to secure things in the engine bay, making sure they don't fall off when I drive. Oh, Has that happened before? Um... I Hopefully actually, not on the Audi. I had my plastic undercarriage fall off driving, but that was purely because of my laziness to put all the screws <laughs> back on because I knew that I'd be opening it back up in a few days to complete more modifications. Oh, so. my
0: gosh. Yusuf, you're crazy, man. By yeah. the way, everyone, we call him... Uh, Yusuf's nickname is Juicy. So we yeah. actually call him Juicy UC FYI. <laughs> and uh, I feel like, you, you know... If you do want to understand this story, check out check it out on the blog because I'm going to be posting a picture of Yusuf uh, on the blog on the website, Instagram, Facebook, of how he looks in the competition. So I want to dig right into fitness. Yeah. Because as you know, fitness is a big part of my life. Yeah. Even though I'm I don't look like you, but my plan is to one oh, day pretty close. You know. Um. <laughs> and, and as you know, you know I lost a lot of weight in the in the past few years, and and I want to make the shift show, you know, fit. I want to make fitness a big part of the shift show. And it's, yeah. it's because something, it's something I believe in. It's something that I don't think only changes your body, yeah. but changes your mind. So before we get into the story of, you know, how you went into that and how you went from 50 kilos to 175, how has, I guess, gaining that weight back and gaining muscle and, and looking the way you
1: do, how has it changed your state of mind? Um, but honestly, I'd say I, I feel a lot healthier but it's, it's the whole overall process. So it wasn't just gaining weight that made me feel healthier. It's the fact that I'm gaining weight, but I'm training all the time. So I know that I can, you know, I, I can lift more, I can endure more, I can I can walk more. So simple things like day-to-day activities, like as you know, we have to walk about a 10 minute walk from the station to work every morning. And most people catch the train to get into work, right? Now that 10 minute walk for me is, is a is a breeze and sometimes i find myself racing through you know pedestrian traffic mm-hmm. where i'm like overtaking other walkers because yeah. people are walking so slow and it's it's just it's these simple life activities that have been made so much easier just by being healthier all the time and yeah. so it's funny you say
0: that because i remember you know a 10 minute walk back in the day for me yeah was was tough right and um you know climbing some stairs we do that every single day yeah. for those of you who don't know you know, we take the, we we live here in Sydney, and we take the train system is actually a lot better than a lot of other places in the world. So the train system is very very easy, and it's very easy to commute with train. And we have about what would you say ten minute, twelve minute commute to walk, yeah, 100%. or commute to work by walking. Yeah. And uh, it, it's crazy because you, you mentioned pedestrian traffic, people slow you down, mm. right? And if you're quick like you and I, yeah. we kind of want to get through it. But it, it's funny because I'm just relating that back to my personal story of you know, walking slowly and just, you know, walking up the stairs slowly and how I would be out of breath. But in terms of confidence, right, going back to to state of mind, how has this changed your confidence with, with not just work, I'm talking, you know, you know, with women, with, with
1: presenting with public speaking, to be honest, I'd I'd say that I was always a really confident person. So it, it wasn't. The confidence that I portray to other people or, like, my exterior confidence that, that improved. It was more of, like, my internal confidence that improved. So, um, the, the way I see I, I see, I see confidence as being two separate parts, right? We portray ourselves in a certain way to people, but we also feel a certain way on the inside. So... As a young person, I was always really confident. I always put my hand up to, to participate in tasks. Yep. I would always want to be, you know, the speaker. I would always want to be the presenter in an activity. Um, I would always go up and talk to girls as well, like, you know, in my grade or in my school. And I wouldn't have any issue with, you know, being rejected. I, I didn't care about that. But what the issue was is that when I'd go back and reflect on when something bad happened, I'd go and blame all those things like Mm -hmm. I'm skinny or, you know, I'm not as big as the other guys or I'm not as cool as the other guys or, you know, those, those things that you think about when you're younger. And then, um, as you grow up, it's, it's kind of like working on those things has allowed me to go back and reflect on situations and better analyze why those situations happen and not give me a reason to blame some exterior factor in my physique for why I couldn't achieve something. So yeah. It's definitely it's definitely made me it, it's it's made me more confident in the sense that I believe in myself more mm-hmm. and I trust myself more now. What do you w- explain what do
0: you mean by trust yourself? So
1: it, because I, like, I think
0: I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah but
1: I'd like you to explain where you're coming from. Yeah definitely. So I I'd say it's it's more of like by like doing all these things in life that are helping better myself or helping grow myself, either mentally, physically, however it may be. Um, I now know that when I try to do something that I'm capable of doing, whether or not it turns out the way that I wanted it to turn out, I know that there may have been other factors that didn't have to do with my lack of ability. Mm. Whereas other times I would have doubted my 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 ability, or you know, I would have not trusted my, you know, my sense of, my sense of effort yep. due, to the achi- due to the achievement or the result that I got out of it. Mm-hmm. But now it's not always about the end result, right? Yep. So I can go into something knowing that, hey, I am fit. Hey, I do look great. Um, you know, I am confident. I, 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 did, I did say maybe the right things or maybe I did say a few, a few wrong things in that particular situation. But the reason it didn't go to plan was out of my control. Okay. And I don't need to keep beating myself up on it. Trusting the process. Yeah. yeah. yeah, That's good.
0: So what about in terms of advice? Because I want you to talk a lot about, and I'm probably going to ask you this question, but what sort of advice would you give to someone that was 50 kilos? Yeah. Or that maybe is 50 kilos looking to bulk up? Because I'll tell you right now, when, some, when people used to give me advice when I was 150 kilos, yeah. I never used to take it. Right. And I was the only person that can do something about it. Right. But eventually, you know, after people start telling you, yeah. you 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 have to listen because you want to get healthy. I, you know, I wanted the exact same stuff you talked about confidence, trust in myself, trusting the process. That's huge. But so so going back to advice, what sort of advice would you give? You know, a skinny kid, male or female that wants to gain a little bit of weight and uh, and just bulk up in so, terms of you know fat in terms of muscle.
1: Occasionally I'll go to the gym and a, a new guy starts up at the gym and they may be overweight or they might be skinny, and it doesn't, it doesn't take too long before you you, you you know you bump into each other, they want to use a piece of equipment and you have a little bit of a chat. you say, "Hey, you know how long have you been training here? I noticed you're new, whatever. And um, I always find myself training with the new guys. and um, the, the biggest piece of advice that I always give to everyone is just to stay consistent right? It's just about, it really truly is about that not giving up, right? There isn't that, it, and a lot of people say this, but it's hard to listen to it sometimes, right? There isn't that one secret formula. Everyone always expects that that one answer that's going to solve all their problems, and they're going to wake up the next morning and say, oh, that's it, now I know it, now I know the secret, Yeah. right? But it's not a secret, it's actually very simple, and with everything in my life as well, if I can look at it As something that's uh, you know a menial task rather than a complex task it makes putting in that effort a lot more easier it makes the it reduces or removes the stress that's that comes with it so by understanding that going to the gym every single day or making a few diet changes at the start and then hopefully gradually increasing to having a a full-fledged you know healthy diet meal to meal you know, from breakfast to, to dinner every single day is going to be a process that you work on. And you set a goal that's, that's long-term, right? So one mistake that I used to make when I was 50 kilos, I used to weigh myself every day. Yep. Without a doubt, I used to weigh myself every single day. I used to weigh myself in the morning. I weigh myself after, after meals sometimes, after the gym. Because I thought I was going to put on... I thought, you know, every time I weighed myself, I thought I was going to gain weight. Yep. But it wasn't going to work like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I eventually reduced that to weighing myself once a week. And what I found was at the end of every Friday, I realized I had gained either 500 grams or a kilo. And then I started to see and and appreciate, you know, the the gain that I was making. Yeah. And I think that was the best way, just turning it into a longer term goal rather than expecting it all to happen the next morning.
0: So you would tell people definitely not to jump on the scale every single day? No, 100%. Because I feel like in my experience, I used to do the exact same thing, but reverse it and losing weight. Yeah. And nothing happened, right? Day-to-day, nothing happened at all. And I would be so discouraged until I started doing the exact same thing y- you just said, right? Yeah. Looking at every week, oh, you know, I lost a couple pounds. Yeah. Um, you know, the week after, I lost a few more, I lost a few more. And then the motivation starts kicking in. Yeah. Right? It's just all, I feel like it's all a mindset thing. And, um, you know, it, it literally changes the way you work out and it changes the way you think, changes the way you eat. Yeah. So, in terms of eating... What does, what does Yusuf's eating look like? What does his diet per day look like? You wake up in the morning and what happens? All right. So, And I, I really want you to touch on your ridiculous, crazy protein shakes that you have at night.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, but again, what does your morning look like? So there's, there's two parts of my, there's essentially two different sides of my diet. And there's one that I don't really want to advocate. And the reason is because it's very tailored to me, right? And that's the thing that people need to understand as well. Everybody has a different body. Everybody has um, different, different ways in which their body utilizes food. And everybody has different goals as well. Now, for my particular goals, sometimes I will eat like crazy, right? And as we've mentioned, I was a naturally very, very skinny person. So, it's very easy for me to default back into eating fast food. Now, with saying that, I will mention that when I do eat a crap load amount of fast food, it actually puts a lot of strain on my body. I feel sick more often. I actually get sick more often, but it's easy for me to eat fast food because I don't see the immediate gain in fat from it. Yeah. What I do try and do is though, I try and keep my meals as frequent as possible. And by keeping my meals as frequent as possible, I know that my metabolism is working all the time. That means I won't gain weight. And this is something that everyone can do, whether you're trying trying to lose weight or gain a bit more muscle. Um... And that's where you can try and, you know, keep your meals healthy, but also keep yourself full at the same time. So as you, referring back to your question, as you asked, what would I do when I wake up? Well, when I was comp prepping and I was trying to lose uh, fat as quick as possible, but still maintain, maintain my size, I used to incorporate fasted cardio every morning. Now, simply because of the fact that I'm trying to take it a bit easier in life right now, and I'm not comp prepping anymore. And I just want to enjoy a bit more of my sleep. I don't do the fastest cardio in the morning. But the fastest cardio was one of the best ways I found that I lost fat while still maintaining the same amount of muscle. And all that meant was that I would go and do a bit of cardio before I had my first meal of the day. Right? So now what I'd have for my first meal of the day is I'd have a bit of oats, a bit of blueberries. Oats are very high in fiber. So they they help your body digest food properly. Um, And I'll usually have that with full cream milk. Which is not something that everyone can do because yep. full cream milk is, is a bit heavy, you know. If issues, you're looking to lose weight you don't yeah. wanna be using full cream milk. Yeah, and issues with lactose as well. So yep. all, all all those all those other issues. But for me, it suits me. I know that I'm not gonna put a lot of weight. I can easily maintain having abs year round, even while eating fast food. So that is why I adjust what I eat the way I do. And that is the most important thing you need to take note of. You will not see results just by copying what the person next to you is doing. Everybody's different. Everybody's different and you'll come to realize, you know, how much you can push your body, how much you can push your training, how much you can um, eat of a certain type of food. So when I was doing my con prep, I'd have the oats in the morning, then I'd have literally the same type of meal three times a day. It was basically my... You know my chicken, which is my my form of protein, and that was as clean as possible. I'd have that boiled. I'd have boiled rice, and I'd have my boiled veggies, which would wow. usually be bro- uh, broccoli as well. Mm-hmm. No sauce, no nothing, just so a at, little bit of black the, pepper. Maybe at the start of my at the start of my comp prep, I actually was using mayonnaise very heavily just to get that food down because it was it wasn't very tasteful. But um, goes back to the goes back to the you know the concept of I, w- I knew that I wasn't going to put on any fat. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, I was just trying to get used to my diet. Yep. So getting used to eating that food, and then what I did was I slowly cut the mayo out. Okay. Until about maybe six weeks before my competition, I was pretty much not having, not having anything that I wasn't supposed to be having. Pretty mm-hmm. much, I was having like you know the clean chicken, clean broccoli, clean c- clean rice. I was having that about three times a day. You know, I'd have my protein shake after gym. And I'd have a bunch of egg whites before I go to sleep with a casein shake. So a casein shake is made up of, you know, the protein that comes from from milk. It's slow to release. It helps you recover while you sleep. And um, a bit of sweet potatoes as well was included in my last meal of the day. And you know, from from what you've heard, you can you can obviously tell that there was a really high portion of carbohydrates the whole time yep. in my diet. But it was just what I was doing around that and how I was how is manipulating that diet that really helped right so
0: so i, I do want to ask you a question about carbs yeah. later on but you know not everybody's going to prep for a competition right yeah. so when you're not prepping how is your how is your meal plan right now you're not prepping where are you no right now you're not prepping so has your meal plan changed yeah so and i'm talking like you know start from start from sunday let's say you meal prep on sunday yeah. Start from Sunday and how do you how do you separate your days Monday to Friday through your meal prep?
1: Yep. So to be honest, um there's not actually that much of a meal prep anymore now that it's you know not comp prepping time. What I do is I keep the amount of meals consistent. So I definitely have to hit at least five or six meals a day. I keep the breakfast consistent because mm-hmm. I feel like breakfast is the most important part of the day. That's what's kick-starting my metabolism. Yep. So I'll still have 100 grams of oats every morning with the blueberries, right? Why blueberries? Just for... Um, just They add a bit of taste and they're also high in fiber, fiber just, okay. just, just like the oats are. But um, So the oats and, and the blueberries, the type of carbohydrates in the blueberries, it's, it, it's a sugar, right? But it's, um, it's like a, a healthier form of... Of having sugar, right? Mm. So you're having something sweet, but it's not, it's not going to have a detrimental effect to your body really. If you, if you keep it moderate, Good, gives you that little boost of energy in the morning. Um, yeah. And then that gets me, that gets me hungrier for my second meal, to be honest. So by the time I get to work and it's around like 10 AM, I'm ready to eat another meal. This is way before lunch, right? So I can have another little meal at 10, but what I consider a little meal is actually a protein shake. And then at around 12, I'll have what I consider lunch. And this is where now I can be a lot more flexible. So every single day for lunch, I try and keep the food healthy, but I'm pretty much having whatever I want, right? So And you can afford to because your metabolism is just yeah. so high. But it just means that I'll go to any restaurant or any type of food. So it could be, you know, it could be Asian food or it could be a burger somewhere or it could be... Um, you know, Italian food, or it could be a pasta that I brought from home. But the key idea is that internally, I know every time I'm having a meal, there's a certain requirement that I'm trying to target. So although that meal may come with all the added extras of the unhealthy fats and oils, etc., I'm still going to make sure that I'm having a meal that's not just carbs or it's not just fats, that, you know, there's a source of meat. There's a source of protein now for people who don't want to eat eat meat, they've got to find a different source of protein. But you just got to make sure that just like when I was prepping, there's a source of protein, there's a source of carbs, there may be a little bit of fats, and I'm having some greens, right? And it's that balance together that keeps you, you know, keeps you consistent from meal to meal. Because having a meal just carbs by itself is not is not going to help. It's not going to help you recover any muscle if you're training. Yeah. Yeah. If you're training as much as I do sometimes, it we, would we, be two times a day. It would be once at lunch during work and then once after after work when I get home. Yeah. So, okay, question about carbs, right? Because listen, ever since I don't
0: know how many years ago, carbs are the enemy. Yeah. That's all we hear, right? Don't eat carbs. Yeah. Carbs are the enemy. You're gonna gain weight if you eat carbs. How how good are carbs for you? Because in my research when I was losing weight, I think I almost increased the amount of carbs but i also increased the amount of activity that i was doing to to battle that right yeah. so comp prepping or not how important are carbs in your extremely. diet extremely
1: for me they are extremely important for me um i need to be eating a mm-hmm. lot, and i need to be eating a lot of carbs one carbs actually help me digest and process the protein food that i have better right uh, And the way I, here's the way i'll explain this so If I was to have a bowl of chicken breast just by itself it would probably take me the same amount of time if not longer to eat than if I was having a plate of chicken breast with a little bit of rice a little bit of sauce on it and a little bit of broccoli right and that's purely because of the fact that my taste buds are enjoying the food more it's easier to get down but then the other effect of it is carbs and fats right compared, compared to your protein they're the sources of energy that your body goes to first right and they're what you got there they are what you're going to burn for doing your general day-to-day activities if you're just walking around you know just living in general or doing some exercise so what I was doing essentially when I was prepping as well even coming into the last couple of weeks as my intensity of my training was increasing it just like you or so, so was my calorie intake I was actually on a very high calorie intake the last couple of weeks before I competed and I was still losing weight week by week. That's because I was doing a ridiculous amount of cardio as yeah, well. Yeah, you mentioned but, that before. Um, yeah. So it, it all just depends. It's all, it's all about finding that balance that works for your body, right? But if you're keeping yourself active and you're keeping yourself fit and you're, you're trying to get into the gym and you're trying to improve your, your fitness goals, um, eating is definitely a vital part of that and you should not neglect eating because you're just going to end up feeling wasted away mm-hmm. you're going to get tired and then what would happen is you end up going a you're going to crash yep. during the week right and that's one of the first things that happens as you start training for the first time i remember when when i first started training it was so painful the first couple of weeks that you'd want to quit or you'd want to not go for a couple of days and then that's how you get into the habit of not going back because you had a bad experience because you have that pause yeah. as well that's huge. yeah, so it's definitely a key focus to keep your your body you know full of nutrients
0: yeah yeah so listen, I'll be honest with you right I think you talked about you know clean chicken yeah. so boiled chicken, boiled rice, boiled yeah. veggies like that is extremely boring right that's a boring yeah. meal now, I understand that you you you're motivated to obviously get to where you are right now. Yeah. You look great. But for someone else, I mean, talk about your motivation and I want to talk about, you know, what what keeps you motivated. Oh, just because the, this just is to add this is that. huge.
1: Yep. Like that is a very extreme thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like doing that comp prep, I lost about 9 kilos in 3 months. You lost 9 kilos? Yeah. 9 kilos. Wow. So you don't need to be. You really don't need to be losing weight at an extremity like that or that fast. Um, so in in saying that, it really goes to show that if you do just make a few changes to your diet, right, reduce a bit of the bad and the you know the, the bad by the fast food, right? Not not the meals that you cook at home. Sorry, so. If you if you're cooking a meal at home, most of the time it's going to be a pretty healthy meal, right? You're going to be adding some sauces, some flavors to it, etc., right? But it's not going to be as bad as something that you buy from your aportos or your McDonald's or your Hungry Jack's because of all the all the added ingredients that they put into them, all the sugar that they pump the buns with, right? All the fats that's added to the to, to the patties just to make it taste a bit better and all the salt that's added to it as well. So if you're cooking something at home, you're already, you know, leagues ahead. Yep, Yeah, you're already in a much better and spot. You can start losing weight at a consistent and slow pace and that's okay, mm-hmm. right? Because it will be a lot easier to maintain that. When you do something as rapid as me losing nine kilos in, in three months, it's also just as easy to put it back on yeah. afterwards. Like you because said, it's, it's extreme. It's, it's going to be very hard to maintain eating, you know, boiled broccoli and chicken yeah, and rice yeah. every single day. Yeah. So you've got to be a bit realistic with, with some of these goals. So so motivation, yeah. right? What keeps you motivated? What keeps you at the gym once or twice per day? I think for me, honestly, it became, it became a bit of an addiction. Now, I never wanted to be anymore that skinniest person in the room or the skinniest person in the grade or whatever or whatever it was so as i started training i started to see the results of it and the results were that i was feeling a lot more confident in myself like we discussed before i was feeling a lot healthier um and what you want to do is you want to keep improving on that right so as you grow in in whatever you're growing you know if you're growing in your career or you're growing in your your personal lifestyle You want to do things that you see a positive result from. And that's where the main motivator comes from, right? I feel like your main motivator starts with something negative and then turns into a positive. So it may be, oh, I'm too fat, right? And people don't appreciate me because I'm too fat or people look down on me because I'm too fat. So you get into the gym. But then a year down the track, you're no longer going to the gym because you're too fat. You're going to the gym because... I've accomplished so much. I've still got so much more to accomplish. Mm-hmm. It's your whole your whole mindset changes, and that becomes one of the key motivators. And I feel like right now I don't need to be motivated to go to the gym. I probably need to take some of those concepts that motivated me to go to the gym in the first place and apply them to other parts of my life because gym has just become a day to day activity. It's a lifestyle. It, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. yeah, I don't need to motivate myself to go.
0: Mm-hmm. It's funny about motivation. My motivation. When I was losing weight, was, there was a few things, right? Number one, I didn't want to get out of breath when I climbed, you know, some yeah. set of stairs, right? Uh, number two, I just wanted to have more confidence. Again, like you, I was always pretty confident, but yeah. it would stop at a certain point because I would tell myself that I wasn't good enough, I was too fat, that, you know, and it, it's true. That's literally what I used to tell myself. And a big part of it was I couldn't find a job. Mm. I actually couldn't find a job when I was, when I was bigger because people wouldn't take me seriously, and I never understood why until, until I lost the weight. Because for me, it's when I lost all the weight, people started taking me a lot more seriously. They they started looking at me as a guy who can handle my own mm. instead of not, right? I mean, it's 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 tough. And, you know, it's tough for a lot of people to lose weight. But we talked about edu- uh, education. We talked about execution earlier yeah. when, I, when I saw you earlier today. Now... Whether you are starting a business, whether you want to lose weight, whether you want to gain weight, whether you want to become a competitor like you, execution is the key. Right? So what are your thoughts on ex- execution? And uh, you know, how are you executing every single day?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um,
1: so execution is all about showing up, mm-hmm. right? Or, or, or being there for the activity. You're, you're never going to know the end result or it's, it's not worth thinking about the end result if you haven't even tried in the first place, right? And the way I see it, it's kind of like if you don't show up and try to do something because you thought it was going to be too hard or you thought it wasn't going to work, then that's kind of the wrong mindset. Kind of a negative kind of a negative yeah. attitude as it's well. A, it's a really mm-hmm. negative attitude, right? And to be able to continuously execute all the time, it's about changing your mindset and having that positive attitude that – you're just going to try everything that comes your way, right? And that's it. That's your, your execute. When you're trying, you're executing, right? Yeah. You're not necessarily going to succeed every single time. But something's going to come out of it yeah. for sure. Yeah. If, even if it's not a short-term result, something may come out of it in 12 months' time or a year, or two years' time. Or, you know, yeah. yeah, down the track. Event, something something's going to happen. Agreed.
0: Hey, i got a question for you. And, and this is just out of my curiosity. Cause, you know, you, you're from an ethnic family. Um, how does your how does your family react when, I guess you don't eat the food that they cook, or you're meal prepping, and you're eating way too much or eating way too little? How do how do they how do they react?
1: It was really difficult to be honest. Yeah, um, it's one of those things where.
0: And I'm asking, I'm only asking, sort of kick you off. I'm asking yeah. because my family would just flip shit if I wasn't eating. I'm from West Indian family, yeah. so if I wasn't eating like the roti and the curries and. And, you know, all the, all the pretty bad food that we cook, you know, oily food that we cook, it'd be a big fight in the house. But anyway,
1: uh, curious to hear what you're talking This goes back to something that um, I've had this discussion with a few people about being in an ethnic family and and following rules as well, right? So I'm a, I'm a firm believer of, you know, following structure sometimes and, and following the rules and doing the right things by what people around you want you to be doing. Mm-hmm. And... Eating the ethnic food at home and eating what you know your parents have cooked or what the family is going to be having for dinner is, is just one of those things. But what I always believed was that if something was important enough to you, you would be doing whatever you can to like you know bring down those fences or break down those barriers. And that's what I re- literally had to do for a few months until they got used to it yeah. as well, right? So. For the first couple of months, they probably wouldn't take it seriously, like oh it's okay, or oh, you know there's there's not enough chicken in the fridge, but that's alright. We'll just get him to eat whatever we're eating, right? Yeah. yeah. Or you know my bro- my block my broccoli ran out, and and they've gone shopping to buy groceries, but they wouldn't buy broccoli because they think that it's it's okay. He'll just eat what we're going to mm-hmm. eat. But by being adamant and sticking to what you need to do. Yep. So if there wasn't broccoli at home. I wouldn't just eat something else. I'd either go to the shops and buy the broccoli myself or I would try and find something that was similar in nutritional value to eat instead of or just not eat, right? Yeah. And I'd make that point. I'd be like, I, I did not eat today because of this reason because the food that I need to eat mm-hmm. wasn't available to me and then I'd be better prepared for the next time. Yeah. And um, because it's funny in my family, uh, my mother likes to have the control of the kitchen yeah. a lot, right? So, in a lot of instances, I'd just go in there and I'd start making my own food because I knew that it was the only way. And then eventually, she didn't like me using the kitchen so much that she just got into the habit of understanding that, hey, you know, he's, he's, he's going to want chicken. So, you know what? I'm just going to make sure that there's always chicken prepared and then he can come and put it into his meal prep mm-hmm. like he needs to. And it's just that. It's that persistency. It's the same with everything else in life. right? Yeah. yeah. If something's important enough to you, you'll be persistent about it. You're going it, to get it and do it. If it's not, you're going to make every excuse under the sun as to why it's too hard. Like, I can't cook all this food. It's too hard for me to train at 11 p.m. at night because people keep asking me to go out for work events. Everybody's drinking at the work event. I can't be the only one not drinking. Like, all of those things are just excuses. I went to a million work events. I um, got home really late. I made sure I didn't drink or eat at the work events, and I still trained at 11 p.m., 12 a.m. at night.
0: And he's not lying, guys. I've actually seen him just (laughs) sip on water or even soda and just go to the gym right after
1: yeah that's (laughs) those are the most awkward days ever especially coming into a role as a new person Mm -hmm. and people are trying to take you out and you know know a bit more about you and get especially
0: especially in our industry right in sales and tech yeah you know going out for drinks is something that we do pretty often yeah uh, and you just have to have the willpower to say no so good job man good on you some people are pretty weak including myself sometimes Sometimes yeah. I'm pretty good, like tonight.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you get used to it after a while.
0: You get used to it. And like you said, right, if you want it that bad, you're going to go out and do it. Yeah. And you're going to make sure that you're going to do it. And I'm glad I asked you about that food question because, like I said, you know, West Indian family. My mom's from Trinidad. And she's convinced that the food that she cooks and, you know, our families and, you know, food in our culture is the most healthiest food out there. When it's not, right? Yeah. So when I was losing weight, I was very, very strict on my diet. Right, I'd get up in the morning, I'd run, I'd come back home, I'd eat, you know, I, don't, I think I'd have a couple of eggs and a you know, can of, or two of tuna. Yeah. And then again, I'd, I'd do probably do the same thing for a midday snack. And then after lunch, I'd have a lot of chicken and rice. Yeah. Same thing for dinner, maybe a midday snack, right? But they didn't really understand. So I remember it was a constant argument in my house with my mom and dad yeah. trying to say, hey, guys, no, no, no. You know, I don't want doubles, is the food we call in mm-hmm. Trinidad, doubles and aloe pie. Yeah. That's not going to get me... To where I wanna be. It's not gonna get me to lose weight. It's gonna actually make me gain weight. So it kind of uh it kinda of changed. But just switching gears for a sec, man, and, and we talked about motivation before, but I wanna talk about mentorship, right? So who are some of your mentors? And they don't have to be guys from the gym, right? This is these are Yusuf's mentors. So whether they are at work or at the gym or at home or a family, mm-hmm. who are some of the
1: people that you look up to? So it's it's weird how I started looking for mentors from a very young age and it was just, it was just subconscious. I used to always just pick people in my life that I'd say, this person is, is doing something that I'd, I'd like to do, you know, in a few years time or in the future. But one of the main things that I've always done from the start and I've, I've kind of realized the importance of it more and more now is the fact that I never once tried to replicate a single person. It was always taking a combination of good qualities from different people mm-hmm. and putting them together so that I could still be me, yep. right, but improve mm-hmm. the things that I wasn't doing very well. So, when I was in high school, I used to have a few teachers who motivated me a lot. Um, one of them motivated me a lot to, to be a good teacher or a better teacher in the future as well. So, that's why I always I always respected teaching as a profession, even though I wasn't the best student. I wasn't the best student at all, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but I always had in the back of my mind that in the future, I'd like to teach other people or I'd like to help other people grow and develop. So that was one. And then, um, you know, in the workplace, I had a lot of very good mentors. So I've had managers in the past who have been really good mentors in the sense that I'd look up to them in the way that they conduct themselves in the workplace, the way they motivate other people and the way they create workplace culture. So when I interned for the first time at Cisco, one of the main reasons why I'm still here today or why I actually came back and done a graduate program here is because my manager was able to have that, that sense of really, you know, um, taking a person and helping them develop into someone who can articulate themselves more professionally and, um, you know, use their skills in a professional manner. I was someone who was always a bit or very immature, right? But the thing is, I was able to understand things very easily and I had the drive and the motivation to learn new things, right? And what I needed was, I needed someone to be able to to understand those skills that I had, you know, someone that was willing to, to give me a chance and to take a chance with the person and say, hey, I can help them develop and become a bit more serious because they've got these great skills and they can apply and, you know, do 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 better with. So there there was that there was a lot of of great mentors in the workplace. Um, now in this current role, there's got to be at least three or four different people that I look up to, like you being one of them yourself. Um, Thank you. I see the way that you're able to conduct yourself professionally, the way you're able to interact with different people, but at the same time you have a laid back attitude. Um, there was someone that i worked with when when I, when i when i interned who was able to do that very well as well and what i took from him was that he was very technically minded he was able to solve problems very easily but he was also at the same time very outgoing so he was the complete opposite of what you would expect from like a tech guru right yeah, yeah. you'd expect that nerd with the glasses etc yeah, this, this sure. guy was really buff yeah he was really really buff he was he was a big guy and um he was he was pretty much my senior intern at the time and I could go to him for anything and he would always solve my problems. And that was something that that I took from him, just to be able to, you know, have that balanced lifestyle. And then there are other people at work who I see who are just, you know, dead on, you know, straight straight to the books, everything to the letter. They come to work, they're on time, they're organized, they um they do everything they're told, they're ahead of their work. And that's another aspect that I try and get from these from these people, Um, you know, one of my main mentors over the last year, a guy called Brett, he's very adamant that you have to be persistent, that you have to, um, you know, really hound on your work, that you have to always be in the customer's face, always telling them about new products, always pushing people to do work for you. So he was the type of person that really got me thinking about, you know, I come into work every day, how am I making the most out of the six or seven or eight hours that I'm here? and yeah it's it's almost like i can't pinpoint just one or two mentors in my life almost every single person that i interact with mm-hmm. becomes a mentor in one way shape or another
0: and i think mentorship isn't about mirroring them it's about picking and choosing the traits that you like yeah and creating yourself cuz there's only one you yeah. in the world there's one you in the world and you kind of you kind of got to pick and choose and and you mentioned laid back attitude from one of your mentors and, and me you know yeah. that laid back attitude for me is new. I wasn't like this a couple of years ago. I was stressed out. I just, I used to think about work so much and I would go home and I'd take it home. And I think in the past year, I've, I've really changed the way I think about things because it's not worth it, right? Life is, you got to enjoy your life. Mm-hmm. You got to, not saying you live stress-free. A lot of things are going to stress us out, yeah. but we should stress about the things that we can control instead of the things we cannot. Mm-hmm. So I think with me, my, in my attitude, I dropped, things that I can't control and now I just stress about the things that I can't control and I go out and do it yeah I go out and fix it right if it's a problem I'll go out and fix it so change my mind listen it's Friday night we're running out of time I only have a few questions for you now quickly what sort of advice would you give somebody who is working out mm-hmm. but isn't really seeing the results that they want and it's kind of you know they're kind of losing their confidence they're losing uh the drive To keep working out what sort of advice would you give them
1: okay so one piece of advice that I'd give which is it's a bit hard to execute but it's probably the first thing that I try doing is try to get more people around you involved Mm -hmm. Um, the more people you get uh, around you involved friends uh, people from work increase your support yeah increase your support um, go to the gym with them or try and also get them to go on the journey with you you know make diets together or eat healthy together, go to healthy restaurants together, that's going to make your life a lot more easier and it's going to, you know, push it into that. It's just the, just another thing that I do in my day-to-day activities rather than being a chore because you're the only person doing it and everyone around you is doing something else. And the second thing is, like I said before, make sure that when you set the goal, it's really a long-term goal, not no, I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and be you know Ronnie Coleman on a Schwarzenegger or something like that. Right? Yeah, so, yep, it takes time. It, it takes time. Yeah. yeah.
0: And uh, how do you deal with uh, how do
1: you deal with the haters? Honestly, um, sometimes the haters getting to you is a bit beneficial because it drives you mm-hmm. to to perform. Good motivation. Better, right? It's it's good motivation. But most of the time and this is something that won't apply to everyone just because I grew up with this kind of attitude. It's kind of like, I'm going to do what I want, right? I've always had that attitude. At the end of the day, no matter how much someone tries to hold me back from doing something or tells me that, you know, it's stupid or I'm making a fool of myself or it's never going to happen. If I want to do it, I'm going to do it, right? Yeah. And that's what it really comes down to. You, you, you've you got to be able to, to understand that some things you're going to need to want enough to be able to block out the haters. Yeah. Because essentially the only thing that you can do is block them out. There's no there's no magical reply yeah. that you can give to haters that's gonna make you feel better. Yeah. You're probably yeah. not gonna feel better, right? Yeah. Someone's gonna say something mean to you and you're gonna feel upset about it.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> the only thing to to make you feel better is go out and do what you said you're gonna do. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Make them hate you even more. Yeah. That's always pleasant. Yeah. Um if you were to write a book tomorrow, if you were to write a book tomorrow, what would you name it? Damn, that's
1: <laughs> <laughs> a hard one. Uh, it is a tough one. It is actually a really tough one. Um, I, I know. I know that if I was to to write a book, what it would be about would obviously be about motivating people as well. Because I know that's definitely something that, that I that I like doing in life. And you know what? What, I, what I, would you name I, it? I, th- I think it just hit me. I probably I probably name it "Do as I say, not as I do." I feel like that's the name of a book already. right?
0: Maybe or not. We'll, we'll do really? a little Google
1: search. We'll do a little <laughs> Google search later. Because um that, that that is a saying that I've heard before. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd love to name a book that, if there isn't a, a book already named that, simply because of the fact that sometimes we learn things in life and we learn the right ways of doing things and we learn the wrong ways of, of doing things, right? Um, and we know what's good for us, what's bad for us, but we can't always execute it. But what we can do is we can help educate people around us to also be able to understand you know the right from the wrong and help them improve their way of life as well so what usually ends up happening is people turn around to you and say oh but you know you're giving me this great advice but i don't see you implementing in your life well for me for instance now i'm i'm still really fit physically but I've been eating a load of junk food lately, right? And you've been seeing on my Snapchat, I've been making these crazy shakes where I've been having mentella <laughs> yeah, yeah. and chocolate. And for me to sit down and tell someone, you know, you've got to cut out the sugar in your life, they'll just turn around and say, but but you're not. So why should I? That's why I think I'd call the book Do As I Say, Not As I Do. Mm-hmm.
0: But that that's also like a pessimistic attitude, right? Because the only reason you
1: can do what you're doing is because you put in the time and the work previously to do it, yeah. right? But it doesn't always look like that on the surface, right? Because mm-hmm. we only get, we only see things through a keyhole. Yep, yep. Right? we don't see, totally agree. We don't see every single perspective of the story. So, a lot of people probably won't notice that. Although, I've increased the amount of you know unhealthy food that I'm eating. I still do cardio every single day. That mm-hmm. that was like a promise I made to myself. I I said that every not every single day, every training day. Right. So if I'm not training that day, I won't be bothered to go to the gym to still do the cardio because I want to take it a bit easier in life and enjoy other things. But every single day that I'm training at the gym, I will still do cardio after my, my weight training, mm-hmm. even though my meal, oh, my calorie intake has increased. Yeah. And that's what's, what's allowed me to not, you know, um, blow out as much as I probably would have. Good. Last
0: question. Could you have bought a tighter shirt? Um,
1: honestly, <laughs> I think this is one of the Can you move in that? shirts that I own. I the only thing that I can't move in this shirt is my arms.
0: Honestly, everybody, I, I feel like I need to take a picture of this and post okay. it. You that that's the tightest shirt I've ever seen. Yeah, you can't move. No, you can't. You haven't moved all all in No, I just I just, <laughs> I just
1: move forwards and backwards. But
0: yeah. oh my gosh, Yusuf, I want to thank you so much for your time, man. honestly, this is great. If anybody needs to reach
1: you, maybe to reach out to you for advice. Yeah, sure. How can they do so? Um, you know what? They, they could easily add me on Facebook as a friend. I'm very open to adding new people as friends on Facebook. Um, but they would probably have to message me first because I think they will find that they may not be able to message me on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's too difficult to find me on Facebook, Instagram will be the easiest way, to be honest, because you can just directly message and follow without having to you know request that.
0: Sure, yeah. sure. Again, Yusuf, thank you so much. Friday night. Really appreciate your time, man.
1: No worries, mate. Thanks very much. (laughs) Thanks, Shiv. Thanks for having me.
0: Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you missed anything, do not worry. Log on to shivrad.com. That's S-H-I-V-R-A-D.com. To listen to this podcast again, check out the other episodes, and of course, check out the blog. Thanks, everyone. Until next time.